I, I come here looking for a fight, man. I'm not, this is not a kumbaya circle. I'm going to draw some blood. Welcome back to the Refactored Podcast, where it's our goal here to suck a little less every day. My name is Chris Tonkinson. My name is Frank Holt. And this is episode number 43, recorded October 15th, 2021. Frank, I shan't be interrupted during this <laughs> session. Do you I'm know not, why? I'm not talking to you. What? No. Why? I sh I, because I purchased a Luxafor Switch, and it arrived, and I've been using it all week, and it is as glorious as previously advertised right here on the Refactored Podcast. <laughs> I was wondering, there was some extra pep in your step in that intro. I, I was picking up on the energy and now I know why it's because you're not getting, I have a new toy to play with completely. Well, you have a new toy and you're not getting interrupted every five seconds by your kids because obviously oh they gosh. see that. Obviously your three-year-old sees the little red light and goes, uh, -uh <laughs> daddy says, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I shan't proceed. Uh, yes, it's a Friday that's what they afternoon. Sound like. I'm opening a, a uh, I'm cracking open a cold one of, of, of soda, uh, of soda, diet Coke. Yeah. Mm. Pepsi. Diet oh, wait, Coke. no, you're Diet Pepsi. I, I beg your pardon. Diet Coke. I beg your pardon. Yeah. How I beg dare your... you. No, but the Luxafor Switch, I, I can now confirm here live on, on the radio. Um, I just have it mounted uh, up like in the in the, um, in the the door jam of mm -hmm. my office mm -hmm. right up there at the top. So you can kind of see it coming down the hall. Um, and it's got a little magnet. And the, the adhesive on the back of the magnet is garbage, by the way. Oh, it, yeah. It I, I, ended like up, I ended up replacing that. Um, I think the mag the magnets so, are actually sitting on my board over here. And I'm using a, oh, um, I'm using uh, one of the command strip uh, command strips. Yep. I got the, uh, yeah. the two, so I, the Velcros. I got the Velcros. The so Velcro. I put it up I have down. Velcros. I thought about that, but I actually put a command strip. I'm actually using the magnet, but the, the backing magnet is adhered to the, the door jam with the command strip. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah. Because the the one the the magnet on the back of the case was fine. It was the one that was attaching to the yeah, door it's jam. The adhesive. Failed, it's, so. it's cheap adhesive. Yeah. Is what it is. It's yeah. just cheap adhesive. The um, magnets. But are no, actually this is really a wonderful strong. little product, isn't that it? It's it's last. I think it came in Monday. It's lasted me all week. I don't use it constantly. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just it's a really nice indicator. It solves a real world problem for. Um, you know, my wife, when, when she's home or, or else our, uh, our child care, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a great little, I mean, you pay for the privilege, but it's a great little, it's uh, a nice little tool. And in device. the meantime, in the interim, since we have last spoken, I did actually start researching actual professional radio studio on air oh recording lights. And I, and I found a couple, they, they look, there's the ret. I think I have the one. And of course, it's the, the gray metal with the red light. It's of course, the expensive one. But yes, it's this it's it's a chrome. Yeah. It's got this nice, uh -huh. shiny chrome finish. It's got the red panels. They light up on air. Yeah, you, it's yep. it's really yep. cool. It's really cool looking. And so I, I I'm pretty sure we're going to that's going to be added to our um, our basement reefer. I Your could do it myself. I could do it myself because it's just drywall. I just got to patch it into the to the electric wire. The switch is right there. Put in the switch. Bing, bang, boom. But I just don't want to deal with it. It's really what it is. I just don't want to bother. I don't want to. I don't want to. That's basically it. Yeah. Yep. yep. So anyway. Sense. Well, yeah. Sorry for having to delay us this week on account of my being sick. So, you know, we spoke before. You know, I was going to use a different adjective, but okay. <laughs> COVID was ripping <laughs> through the house. And so 
I thought I skated on it. Turns out I did not. It just got delayed. And so I ended up getting smacked with COVID uh, through the latter half of last week and then the first half of this week and completely disrupted our um, recording uh, mojo for uh, for Tuesday. Um, I was um, uh, I was I was. I was foggy. I would not have been a, a very good co-host that way. Uh, no. COVID for me has been, it was, uh, I, I don't want to talk about it too much because you go anywhere, you talk about COVID anymore. The only thing I want to say, uh, add something to the conversation that hasn't been said a million times. The, the disease itself felt, it was weird. I've never had an, I've never had an illness that behave like COVID did because I had different kinds of symptoms for at different times for different durations and they came and went. So it's very schizophrenic almost. So uh, stuffy nose came, went. Uh, I had a sore throat. Actually, I think to start sore throat. And then that was gone. Then it was a stuffy nose. And then that was gone. Then I had some head fogginess kind of. They talk about the COVID brain. I think I had the, mm-hmm. the basic symptoms of that. That came and went. Then the stuffy nose came back. And uh, and then some sinus pressure. Occasionally, I get this dull headache. It was and then uh, just Sunday all night, over the board. This is not all at once. And this is and they're for short durations. Anywhere from a few hours to 12, maybe 24 hours for some of them. And they're just zipping in and out over the period of the last two weeks. Very, very odd. It was very, so very it's like odd. A, it's like a like a malaise dartboard you were playing with. Mm. And so, I, I mean, I don't know if that's a um, I mean, I was vaccinated. And so, I mean, my. Aside from the fact that these symptoms kept phasing in and out, like, you know, like a, yeah, like you said, like a DARP or, you know, some, some warped game in Vegas. Um, Aside from that, the symptoms were very much in line with what I have heard generally, that if you're vaccinated and you get it, it's like a mild flu. I think that's true. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much what it is. It feels, you feel cruddy. You kind of don't want to go to work. You can muddle through if you have to, but if you can make an excuse, yeah, I'll go lay down. And, you know, it it was, it was kind of like that. So, uh, but that's all I want to say on it. I don't, I don't need to talk about this. I'm so sick of hearing about this damn disease. So you had a wonderful excuse to go play Ender Lilies. <laughs> no, I did not actually go play Ender Lilies, although I'm flattered that you remember that. No, I was actually playing the, uh, the OG, the, the, uh, remember I said that, that term Metrovania and the combination of Metroid mm-hmm. Castlevania. I picked up Metroid Dread, the new Metroid on uh, Nintendo oh, switch. Okay. And I've been crushing okay. that the last week. That was a fun little ditty. I did. I did remember the name because I was typing up the notes. I had to like look it up. And on the homepage for the site, they have, you know, they have like a little video scrolling of gameplay mm-hmm. and it looked kind of cool. Oh, it's awesome. Like, yeah. And I'm, Metroid I'm Dread, the, you mean specifically Metroid like, Dread? No, no, Ender see? Lilies. Oh, Ender Lilies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the art style you know, is I'm, what hooked me. The heart style and the like gameplay. Even, yeah. Like even, even casual gamers look down their nose at me because. Like I'm that. Oh yeah, I'm I'm that disengaged. Well, you but are. Like I kind of wanted to play it. It's I I will give you some credit. You are a step up from mobile game players. Okay, so like bottom of the barrel, bottom of the barrel is your mobile game player. And my and apologies I'm one to anyone up out from there. there. Yeah, and you climb up from there. My <laughs> apologies to anyone out there who actually is a mobile game player. But you, you, you are, you are like the crap. You, you are I, the okay. You, you are well, the hang on crappy I, bottom feeding, just, just dirt sucking catfish of the gaming world. Yeah. That's, the, I mean, pay to win and all that other. Oh, I mean, like everything about mobile gaming is just gross. It's just gross. Yeah. So anyway, you were saying. 
Uh, there was one. There was one cool little RPG style game, and I'm gonna forget what it's called. Uh, by M- Moba Mo- Moba Moda Mobile Moba Mobile something like this. Well, um, it was like a, a fantasy a MOBA, RPG a style MOBA game, like a Moba, MOBA game. No, it was the name of the studio. Uh, MOBA fantasy game iOS. This is making for great show mm. material here. I'll I'll find King. Uh, yeah, um, this is. Uh, hold on a second. Yeah, this is wonderful. You, you keep going. Gonna, there. Yeah, well, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to time box this. Or, I'm gonna. Or it's well, just yeah, gonna, you've got fifty. This is a minute long timer, so you've hard. got another it's fifty seconds. You have another fifty seconds here, so just you know, bear with us, everybody. While uh, you know, no. Chris no, solves I'm, his, I'm own, gonna, uh, his own his own his own COVID brain here. No. No problem. Anyway, I mean, no Mika. Mika. That was the name. Mika. Mobile fantasy Me- game. Mm. Mika was the name. Oh, oh, he's still looking. Oh, Hearth? oh, Battle Heart. Sorry, oh, oh, Battle Heart. Okay, let me turn that off. Battle Hearth. Um, Battle Heart. Battle Heart. Battle Heart. Battle Heart. Battle Heart. Yeah. Is this a game where you can only play for so many minutes and then it has to, you have to sit on a cooldown timer? But if you buy a no, thing, no, no, you can. No, it. Yeah. There. I don't. I don't know that there were any in-game purchases. Oh, maybe I to don't get rid of ads. That. Um, really? But no, it wasn't, it wasn't multiplayer. It wasn't multiplayer. So it was just, you download it, you play it. Which is funny Um, coming from a, from a, from a game company called Mika Moba. Is that what you said it was called? Mika Mobile. Mika Mobile. Okay. Cause you were saying MOBA. MOBA is a game style. No, no, no. no. That's a game style. No, Mika. No, no, no. And the M is multiplayer. Was the name. I was a little confused. I couldn't think of, I couldn't think of Mika. Mm -hmm. Um, no, it's just a, it's a, it's a cute little kind of fan. You get like, you know, rogue fighter, witch cleric. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's like a, it's kind of like a side scroll. It's a, it's a side scroller. Um, but you have a little, there's a little, like there are AOEs and, and buffs and, and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a uh, PVE and yeah. you go through, um, and then there's bosses and you can get gear and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a fun little thing i don't know if that i don't know if that qualifies like you're you're like spitting fire at mobile gamers i don't know if that would qualify for your wrath yeah, i not. mean mo- I, just generally speaking mobile games are just garbage they're just hot garbage yeah. they're focused in on you know they've got addictive gameplay um that yeah. is designed from the outset from the get-go well, it's not to entertain it's yeah. actually to be addictive um so that the so that you turn around and fork over cash to continue to play the game and it's, it's well, but is, that, is it's that gross un, is that unique to mobile though mm, yeah i no, it's not unique because that it, because that that bad behavior has crept its way into the more traditional consoles and 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 pc master race style games um <laughs> where you have uh you'll have games that um like who who's really bad uh ubisoft uh, ubisoft is pretty bad about this so they've had a series of games mm. called assassin's creed Love Assassin's Creed, the the originals. Assassin's Creed 2 is one of the best open world games you can play full stop. It's it's an outstanding game. Um, right. And they move, but they have slowly moved away from being, you know, assassin stuff, doing badass assassin things to just open world exploring, which, okay. I mean, I'm not necessarily averse to it. But the thing is, as they moved away from that, they set up their progression systems to be extremely sluggish where 
okay, I have, so I'm, like you, I mean, like you really have to grind. You got like, I have a ship and the ship does, there's, there's, there's naval battles and your ship is weak. Well, if you have lots of wood, you can upgrade the ship, but you have to find a crap ton of wood to do this. Right. Or, yeah, or, yeah. or you can go to their online store and purchase a boost to the amount of wood that you earn at a time, or you get a big lump sum mm. of it. And it's a single player game. And so they're not falling afoul of things like pay to win, like some multiplayers. Mm -hmm. um, there was um, one of the battlefield games got a big uh, uh, battle star Wars battlefield star Wars battlefront, I think did this where you could actually do pay to win style things. Like you could get stuff that was demonstrably more powerful. And that was this, that mm -hmm. was a huge thing. Anyway, this is a single player. So there's, there's no pay to win complaint. But it's, hey, your game experience, here's your game, enjoy. But you know, your experience would be a lot better if you didn't have to grind all this crap out, wouldn't it? For just a few more dollars, will it? You know, yeah. so I hate that stuff. That is gross. Uh, I don't have a problem with things like expansion packs, though. You know, hey, we launched a game and here's this, you know, whole other set of content on top of it. Now, we, we put in... We put in more effort for your benefit. We expect you to pay for yeah. it. That's different from we're going to intentionally yeah. make the like nerf the thing to the point of unplayability unless you keep sending us the microtransactions. Well, That's it, gross. It's playable. It's just it's a lot slower than it could be, for example. You yeah. know, it's like a quality yeah. of life improvement. And so you making my life more difficult to then turn around and sell me the solution feels very, very gross to me. Um, yeah. So I don't I do not enjoy that. And so that is. That's it. I put that in the same boat as some of these as some of these addictive gameplay tactics that they use on on mobile. I mean, it all sort of comes from the right. same place. But anyway, so that's why mobile's at the bottom of the barrel. That's why they're gross. Um, gotcha. So, so I'm anyway. one step up from that. I appreciate. It. I'll take any compliment I can get from up. you. Yeah, yeah. Well, they come. They I mean, come about once a decade. So I yeah, take them. I, I mean, take them when I can get yeah, them. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if I. I don't know. And that's probably a little faster. Yeah, that's probably a little faster I than I actually the earned quota. them. Yeah, I don't know if I actually filled yeah. the quota on that one. Because, I mean, I said that you're, I mean, they're the bottom suckers. And I said you're not that. But is is not being a bottom dweller actually an improvement? You know? I don't, I don't. Well, I, mm. I, it's not, it, it is. Yeah, it is. is? Oh, okay. It right. is. Well, if you want to take yeah. the win, you know what? I, I, that I'll is, take, I, you gotta I will take... be magnanimous and gracious enough to let you. You know, I will. I will let you have your win. There you go. You're welcome. Well, that's appreciated. Mm -hmm. That's appreciated. All right. Now, excuse me while I uh, fly back off to my uh, my my uh, throne in the sky here. <laughs> and this has been another episode of Everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Having a lot of fun with the board today. I guess it's because it's Friday, and and I am just like. I'm wiped between work and and um, yeah, and being sick. Yeah, it's just been rough. But uh, oh, there was I, I made a note to bring something up just to uh, because it made it tied pretty closely last week. We talked about how um, it's uh, working nine to five and being nine to five is totally okay, and you need people who mm -hmm. who do that. Um, mm -hmm. I had a similar conversation with uh, one of my managers, Autumn, and um, she uh, gave me a reference that she picked up from a from a former mentor um, where on, on their team, they had these engineers who were, uh, you know, one or two engineers who were just outstanding. They did really, really good high caliber work. And 
but that was it. Like they show, give me the test, just give me some tickets. I'll do the stuff and it'll be amazing. And then I'm just going to go home and that's it. And talking to her, to her um, mentor about this. And the mentor said, you need rocks. And this engineer is a rock. And yeah. I thought that is a great analogy. Yeah. And you do need rocks. They are, they mm-hmm. are your foundation. These people, they yeah. just get the work done. You don't need to think about them. 80-20 rule, they're doing 80% of the work and they only require 20% of your attention. And it's just, it, you know, it's, that's what you need. You need a lot of rocks. Not everyone can be the rock star. You can't have everyone being, you know, trying to do the, the big flashy thing because then literally nothing gets done and you're all competing for the spotlight. It's okay to have some well, of and that. I don't- it's okay. That's I don't want a that. bunch of divas running around anyway. Okay, so that's a bad analogy for what I'm trying to describe. But we've, I don't we've want talked about this before, either. though. I don't want divas. It's, it's about proactive and, you know, I don't need, let me put it another way. I don't need an entire team, all of them vying for a single manager's position, especially if that manager slot is already full. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, I don't want them all yeah. pushing that way. And Some we talked, just to take it a step farther, to take it a step farther, we talked about, this is actually maybe only a month or two ago, we talked about uh, how if you're, uh, you know, a, a big section of developers, like web developers. And so that's, mm-hmm. you instantly, you start, if if you're playing in that in that ground, you run up against a lot of people who are self-starters, they're entrepreneurs, they're sure. in the startup space, they're, you know, playing the game and 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 all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's just not, and it's easy to think that everybody's doing that everybody's right. hustling and everybody's angling for us, you know, and it's just not true. You know, most people, they do, they want to show up and do their work and then mm-hmm. go home. And yeah. And that's, and that's uh, just okay. That's that. Those are your rocks and you need, and if you're you somebody, rocks. if you're somebody who is, yeah. And if you're somebody who is, you know, motivated for that kind of mobility, then it's also easy to get into a trap where you kind of assume everybody else is doing this. It's a fallacy. Uh, it's a fallacy. I, we, I, I can think of, uh, um, I think they have a few rocks, uh, actually, both past and present, mm-hmm. um, and uh, things would implode without them. Yeah, <laughs> they know, implode without like, them. I mean, you need that. That yeah. is your foundation. That's your that's your baseline. Not everyone yeah. is doing the big hustle and flow. I mean, yeah. they they're not, and they can't be. If you build a team of nothing, on, yeah, it, it takes you. You need those steady eddies, as as it mm-hmm. were. You you need some of that. So anyway, I, I, she, she gave me that term, you need rocks. And I thought, yes, that's perfect. I love that term. So I'm going to use that from now on for, for those people because it's a really um, positive way of, of framing those kinds of folks because there's not anything wrong. And in fact, there's, everything is right. Everything is right. It's good. Well, like, but, that's, but that says, what does that say about the general tone and expectation of our industry that we've got to, like you feeling compelled to go out of your way to say there's nothing wrong with doing your job and hanging up your keyboard at five o'clock. Like the fact that we have to say that, or the fact that we feel compelled to make that point says to me that there are some misaligned expectations that the, that the, you know, the milieu is tainted with something that's not groovy uh, mm-hmm. to put it eloquently. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, I mean, it's yeah, it's very 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 elegant, eloquent of you. Yeah, it's not. I word good. Yeah, well, I think that's because we. I I think you know we as an or you're always encouraging growth. You always want people to be striving right. and moving ahead and things like that. And the what you don't 
take into account in saying that is, well, what if the person actually has found their equilibrium? What if they have found their spot? And I have a lot of engineers, I've met and currently work Mm. with a lot of engineers like this who they have been doing effectively the same thing for 10 plus years. Their their tech changes, but they're good at it. They just keep going. I know what you're saying, but but I think the way you said it could could use uh, an adjustment. It's it, not, not. Are you calling growing. me a liar? I don't liar? want anybody <laughs> calling me a liar, good sir. <laughs> I, I don't want anybody who's not interested in growing on my team. Full stop. But when we say we want our people to be growing and progressing, there is kind of a, like an embedded assumption that that means like titular progression, like career growth, where I don't really care about that, right? If I'm if I'm writing code today and I'm writing code in five, in five or ten years, mm-hmm. I'm still growing in that role. So you can grow I mean, into a new role, or you can grow in your current role. Yeah, but it's like it's it's not to say that somebody that's growing in their current role is not growing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. So, uh. So like an, if you take an engineer, then I'm trying, I'm trying to make sure I understand mm-hmm. this. You know, you have an engineer who's good coder and he or she, uh, you know, does, does good work and they just want to keep doing what they're doing. If they are continuing to learn the new languages as they become relevant and, you know, continuing to do their coding thing in relevant spaces, then that's the kind of growth you're talking about versus it doesn't, know, even, it doesn't even have Java to be a, and I don't want to know any other, anything else other than Java. And, you know, I don't care that Java is falling behind. I'm just going to continue writing Java, which I know Java is still applicable, but I'm just I picked a language. No, I mean, what I mean is like if if you're writing code now and you were writing code 10 years ago, my baseline assumption is that the code you write now is better. Like, I don't care if it's sure. in a different language. I care that it doesn't look the well, same the expo- as it did 10 years ago because you should have grown, Your exposure, you should have learned, evolved over time. Right, just by the right. sheer act of doing it, you're going to get better at it. It's like the, it's like, well, the, there's a- hopefully, uh, uh, hopefully. Well, it's like there's a, <laughs> it's like the, there was a, a Domino's commercial that, you know, that the world's fastest pizza box flipper or whatever the hell he was. They had this doing this, this guy folding the pizza boxes and he was just, he he did it so fast, so fast that he mm-hmm. would fold these boxes. I mean, he didn't just do that just magically. It it's from just the repeated action and the repeated effort and learning it. And you know, my my old um, yeah. So he so he through practice he improved. He improved. That's all. I'm, that's right. what I'm that's saying. What you're and, but about. that is. But my point there is that that's growth. That's still mm-hmm. growth, and that's still healthy and awesome right. and to be commended. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think yeah. we, there's no disagreement there. There's no disagreement. So anyway, you need rocks as well, long as they don't. Wait sink. a minute. If there's no disagreement, why are we talking? <laughs> like, what are we doing here today? I, I come here looking for a fight, man. I'm not. <laughs> this is not a kumbaya circle. I'm going to draw some blood. <laughs> well, speaking of, so there was something else that I uh, I have been um, has been bouncing around the back of my head and I never really got it. I got it defined concretely until recently. Um, so you talk about, you know, arguments and things like that. You know, one of the hardest things that I think for anyone to deal with in any role, whether you're an individual contributor or a manager or a team lead or whatever, 
is a contentious dialogue. You know, there is some problem and there is a party on one side of it, of a argument and there's a party on the other side of the argument. And I mean, it is clear to everyone involved that there is a disagreement and that it is also clear that you have to come to some kind of collective resolution. Now, most times fire everybody. (laughs) No, (laughs) including the bystanders. Well, they're bonus points. So of course, yes. (laughs) Your bonus points. Firing the bystanders is bonus points. Uh, yes, uh, the bystanders are bonus points. That's right. I got, a, I got a lot of points. Pedestrians, five hundred points. You know. <laughs> so uh, when you're dealing with that kind of situation, and I'm not talking about working through somebody actually being overly contentious or you know dealing with somebody who is just you know being adversarial and 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 nasty. Mm-hmm. That's not my point. Let's assume that both parties are, um, they th- they both want and desire you know, a mutual conclusion and they are more than willing to hear the other side and they want to find common ground for them to agree on and actually find a, you know, a a reasonable conclusion. Okay. But you still have that loggerhead and something that I have learned to do uh, in dealing with those kinds of sensitive situations uh, is when the other person is talking through their validation or their defense of a, of a position or their counterpoint or something like that. I have to f- work really hard to keep my mouth shut and let them talk all the way through it and let them get the whole thing out. Now, what do I mean by this? Sometimes when you're having a back and forth, like you and I do this all the time where you're making a point by the time and, and you have, you have expressed it enough that I get it. And there's a point in the conversation where you're explaining it to me and I go, aha, the light bulb goes on. I get it. And I jump into the conversation and yeah. cut you off because, okay, I got it. Now let's, let's keep the ball moving. Let's, let's go to the next thing. When you're dealing with a contentious situation, that actually can work against you because it can be perceived as if you are cutting the person off in their in their explanation in their their rationale and it actually can 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 hurt the the whole conversation you see this uh i'm sure you've seen this cuz i i have seen this i i can't even tell you how many times where when you do that if some person one person cuts off the other person then the next, then the, the, the first party actually comes back. Well, no, you see, I was actually to meant like, blah, 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 blah. and then the person, no, I know you meant that what I was actually saying. And then you, they keep doing this thing where they go, I know what you knew. And I know the, and it, it's all this, this appeasement and then counterpoint and appeasement and counterpoint because they're afraid that their point got lost and they don't want their point to get lost while they still want to acknowledge the other person. And uh, sometimes that can lead to to friction. And what I, what I have found works really, really well for this kind of stuff is to let that person just, I mean, let the whole, let the thing run its course and then step in. Because if you do that, the other person instantly feels, I have made, you know, I have expressed the whole thing. I have made my point. It is out on the table. And it makes it easier to walk through the rest of it. Sometimes. 
you know, it can go long and I end up having to take notes because, okay, well, you've actually covered a whole litany of things here and now I've got to, you know, I've got to backtrack through them. But it is in the interest of making sure the other person feels um, uh, acknowledged and engaged and, um, and valued in the exchange. And yeah, I think it's more important that they just get it all out on the table because then it, it mentally and emotionally frees them to focus in on what you say in response and then the potential solution, you know, cause they, they've sort of, they, they've been able to dump it all on the table. And this was something I had seen for a long time and, and everyone hears how, you know, uh, it's, you know, you, especially in sales, um, we use a tool called gong and gong, uh, attaches to zoom calls and does this analysis of the recordings. And it includes a transcript and things like that. Well, one of the things that it does is it includes this visualization of the conversation of lines where each party on the line is talking. Each person on the line gets a different, each person on the call gets a different line and a different color. And so you can very easily see visually who's doing the most talking. And so sales teams love this because they look at this and they go, aha, see, look at you, junior salesman. You are talking too damn much. Let the client talk more about what they want because we want them to be heard. We want to hear what they have to say and all that and all that kind of stuff. And so it, there's, there's, you know, we, we all know that, you know, we should keep our, keep our mouth shut and let the other person listen so as to hear them. But I just found that in this particular situation where you have two parties at odds over something, it becomes even more important to let that happen and let it play out so that you get to a resolution faster. And so that the, everyone involved actually buys into that resolution more because the other person sees, ah, Chris didn't interrupt me at all. He let me say the whole thing. He's, he's with me on this. He's in it and we're in it together and we're going to figure this out. And that makes me feel good about whatever solution we come to. And so again, something that just bounced around in my head and I felt, you know, one of those things that I really, really wished I knew when I was younger or when I was starting out. Uh, and I mean, this is a tool that literally anyone and everyone can use. So I just wanted to make sure I got that one on the record since I finally got it crystallized in my skull. So do you think I'm crazy? One of the most difficult things I've ever done was not to interject during that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't. <laughs> oh my God. We, we don't. We, <laughs> we, I see what we I don't did have there. An, I see what I did there. I'm sorry. You you could have interrupted me. That was good. Like the sh the show. This is a this is a tete a tete, right? This show doesn't work if we're not both like monologues don't really work on these podcasts. Not usually, no. Mm -mm. I, it was like I was I was trying really hard <laughs> <laughs> because I put it in your brain about what I was talking about. Like, exactly. I'm like, oh my gosh, felt, I don't want to. You would have felt guilty. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like oh, you're over here man. making the you're over here making the case that discourse is served when people let the other finish and I'm like ah! and I must interrupt but can't interrupt without looking like a jerk. Oh. And then it made me want to cut you off even harder, right? <laughs> So you just had this Mobius strip of madness in your mind oh, just my, it spinning was psychological you into a dimension of of insanity. 
conversational water torture. Uh, so anyway, I have some, I did, it was funny you mentioned right about the time you were saying, oh, sometimes you have to take notes because the person is going right. on. Like I had started to take notes because I was making, I didn't want to interrupt you with different points. <laughs> so I think, I think part of the reason this happens is especially when you're, let's just say you have two people and you know, your premise, right? We're on the same page. We're trying to solve a problem. We disagree on how to get there. Right. Um, I'm going to interrupt when, you, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> so when somebody starts, they're going to they're going to explain their their priors, their assumptions, their predicates, and then they're going to go on to follow the line to their conclusions. Well, right. if I notice that one of your predicates is flawed, that's when that's one point when people jump in. Mm-hmm. They jump in because what True. you said, your predicate is false, therefore your conclusion cannot be correct. Right. Which like on a logic test is true, but in human interaction doesn't actually always play that way. I can arrive at the right conclusion with the wrong route and it's not a mathematical proof. So doesn't matter. Right. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. And so, and so that's one reason why people jump in like, oh, your premise is flawed. I mean, right? there's valid uh, reasons yep. for why the behavior happens. Oh yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like a Zoidberg. The- your, your premise <laughs> is bad and you should feel bad, you know? <laughs> And, you know, the the opposite of this has has a place too. anywhere that you do an actual formal debate. I mean, part of the reason that you interrupt your opponent is actually for two reasons. One, you want to disrupt their flow in their idea. But two, if they're making a key point that you fundamentally disagree with, you don't want to give them the runway to in any way to really uh, color it and and solidify it. You want to cut it off at the knees so that that then weakens their conclusion. And so particularly if their if their predicate was flawed, flawed that's exactly the time to strike. That's exactly the time to strike. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. so, I mean, there's a there's a time and a place for that, too. Um, it's in this particular, you know, I'm talking about a very particular scenario. But anyway, so go on. Right, right. Yeah. To back to your notes. Yeah. And I think there is something to be said, whether it's whether it's an amicable back and forth or an or a, a competitive one, I'll mm-hmm. say. There's something to be said for letting the other party finish the thought. Oh, absolutely. To let them finish the thought, right? Yes, a, it's absolutely. like, uh, what's that word? Manners. And <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's evolved intelligent behavior. Um, but it also that will bug them both both a, in terms of executive thought process, but also kind of at like the you're disrespecting me level of mm-hmm. the brain. Yeah. It's like a song that they didn't get to finish. Like there's a yes. note left and the melody's not resolved and it will it will railroad yeah, it's, everything. And it's it's like a lizard and it's a lizard brain thing yeah. too. You feel disrespected even if no disrespect or quite the opposite in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um and and it just wastes a bunch of time. You know, yeah. if you think you know where somebody's going with an argument and you're right, but you interrupt them, they're going to say, "Well, yeah, I was going to say that." And and they're going to waste a bunch of time explaining what you already knew and what mm-hmm. they were going to say but no longer have to, but now they feel like they have to because they have to win back conversation points. Mm-hmm. And then you waste even more time if the person interrupts and goes off on a tangent because they assume your conclusion and they were wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you have to reset. You have to unwind the whole discussion thread and say, no, actually, I was going in that direction. And oh, it's yeah, it's it is it is a skill, I think, especially in our like hyper uh, interrupted lives and yes. environments disruptive to just stay quiet. Yeah. Like just I have I have made actual money in the past by just <laughs> shutting yep. my mouth. Yep. 
So I have like I have actually received a bigger check than I would otherwise have received by asking a question and avoiding the urge in the awkward silence to break the awkward silence. That's right. It's tremendous. Silence is a tremendous tool. So I have several books on negotiation and they all one of them calls this out in very, very. You make your pitch, you make your proposal and then you shut up. You don't say you do not want to be the next one. The first one salesman will tell you this. The first one that opens their mouth loses. Loses. They'll say that. Yeah. And so being able to make the point and then sit and stew in your own, you know, discomfort is. And even if you made it wrong, even if you, it's an extremely important. Let it ride. And honestly, like you said, straight up financially valuable skill. It's very, very true. And there's not, I mean, I'm sure there's science behind it, but I mean, it's, it's, it's also, it's, it's just a very, very human thing. You know, the first one that talks loses really like that does, doesn't make any sense until you're in one of these kinds of negotiations where that is yeah. the case and somebody puts a number on the table for something and then you've got to just hmm? you just got to yeah. hold it. Rough. Reminds me of the Parks and Rec where Ron doesn't like being told to say things and he's like my first wedding took three and a half hours because when the priest said repeat after me I fell silent. <laughs> I'm going to need to make a Ron Swanson board here. That would be... <laughs> And that's going to be a big board. Oh boy. That's going to be a big board. My gosh. I could, I, I mentioned this, this was like a random comment I made on LinkedIn the other day. I could live my entire life through Michael Shore memes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like start yeah. of my day to head hitting the pillow. I could live my entire life with memes from like office and good place and parks and rec. This nine nine. My wife got me this. I'm holding up to the camera my my Ron Swanson Funko Pop. Uh, oh my gosh, that's yeah. awesome! Uh-huh. I love it. Yeah, he's I got it. he's he, it's the mustache. He's got the cup of coffee. You see that in his hand? Yep. I mean, it's 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 quite it's phenomenal. Perfect. It's it's quite phenomenal. Um, hmm. I'm not so interested in the rest of the crew. I, I I guess I would get little. They actually have a little Sebastian. They have a Funko Pop little oh. Sebastian. <laughs> But I mean, and is there also is there also a uh, Funko Pop Ben with like a confused look on his face? Let me see. Because you need to put him next to Little Sebastian. The Parks and Rec kit is is Ron Swanson, Leslie Nope, uh, Little Sebastian, Andy, and April. Okay. So the 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 original four that you could make a, yeah. a case for it being um, plus Little Sebastian. <laughs> bye bye, Little Sebastian. So good. It's so good. I never finished that series. I think I got to the last season and I started the last season and then I stopped. Just I, I, I just sort of fell off the wagon. I need to go and finish yeah. that up. But I got through I got through Ron, you know, escaping into the wilds from his from his first ex-wife. From I met, Tammy. I yeah. met Tammy one and Tammy two. And, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I covered all the really important stuff. <laughs> I love so it's surprising. I love Ron Swanson is obviously, you know, my favorite character. Uh, but my next three is um, Jean Ralphio. Oh, Ralphio! Tom's yes. awful friend. He's just so Jean Ralphio, and the and the two the two high as a kite guys that worked in the animal control department. 
where they like they show up like they break Chris Traeger's leg and he fires them and then they they open new roles and they show up the next day to interview for that. So he's like, yo, is this the same job? It's fantastic. The the. <laughs> the, the 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 what's the what was the friend's name again the 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 dirtbag friend um john uh, ralphio john ralphio thank you um the episode where those two opened their own startup that did entertainment you know, 720 entertainment, yeah yes thank you you remember the name i couldn't remember the name and i just remember looking at that thinking i think i i think i have seen some entertainment 720s before i seem to recall those <laughs> yeah. i think i've actually no seen no a frank it's those a- it's a unicorn. That's what they call those. <laughs> and then, and then at some point, and then at some point, Ben looks at the accounting. He's like, "By my calculation, you'll be bankrupt by the end of this sentence." <laughs> oh my god! He's just spending my. There's just these hot chicks just sitting there. These NBA players just playing basketball for no reason. <laughs> So stupid. Oh man. Beyond stupid. It's oh, a good man. show. Great show. It's good stuff. All right. This is terrible radio. Um yeah. what else? <laughs> so uh so oh my god, you know what? Yeah, this this needs I have a Yeah, that was like totally Side. off it was totally off the bar. Sidebar. Yeah. Um, Sidebar. So the um so let them finish talking and and that tends to get uh it tends to get things moving. Uh, that becomes a lot more difficult when you have more, a lot more people in the room. Um, so it's yeah, it's much easier to true. do that one on one. But um, and really difficult conversations are much better one on one anyway. I know some people like having others in the room because it sort of takes the focus off of them in the in the conflict. But sometimes you just gotta nose to the grindstone, muscle up, Buttercup. That's all you gotta do. Yeah, <clears throat> it's tough, and it's also it's also tough to be quiet. Um, in a, in a group setting because you don't have just one conversation partner and not everybody has the same dedication to silence that you do. Yeah. So at some point, if you don't interrupt somebody, you're not getting a word in period. Well, that's, I mean, which, yes, which for me, and I mean, we have, we have been in meetings together. Our, our old, uh, our old boss would yes. routinely, we'd, we'd start a conversation. We'd tackle an issue. I wouldn't have to say a word because the two of you like, Everything that was said needed to be said. I didn't actually have any input. I'm not right. going to repeat stuff just for the sake of it. But at the right. end of it, <laughs> our boss would go, Chris, do you have any thoughts? And I said, no. <laughs> like, I, I don't. I, I don't. There's no nothing more that needs to be said here. I, se- you know. se- several times I can recall thinking, although I don't know if I ever said it out loud, I, but I can recall thinking, what the hell do we pay you for? <laughs> Uh, so anyway, contentious dialogues fight really, really hard not to open your mouth and, and let them yeah. and let them finish. I have a post. I have post-it notes around my camera on top of my monitor here. They're all reminders for me about you know behaviors and interactions and things like that. One of them says, shut up. That's all it says on it. It's just a <laughs> reminder that like you like to talk. Not everyone does. And you've got to let them get their thoughts out and, you know, they don't know that you're listening if you're flapping your gums all the time. So just close yeah. your mouth. And that's easier for some temperaments than others. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely a personality yeah. thing, but when it comes to those kind of challenging situations, no matter your, 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 yeah. um, your inclinations, you really gotta, you really gotta zip your lip. 
Um, so anyway, yeah. that's that's that. You were about to say you were about to take us off on another sidebar. I think you were about to say something. Oh, I else. don't. I don't know if I was. No, I don't know no. if I was. Okay. I can do. I can do a, a partial teaser. Um, <clears throat> it probably teasers. won't be for a couple of weeks, but okay. I've. Um, I recently I wish I have uh, come up with a new kind of framework and I'm still distilling it, but a new kind of framework for assessing the things that bug you throughout the day at work and okay. how to constructively address those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually something that I'm going to I'm going to pilot with a with a few of my teammates uh, over the next week or two. And I want to see um, I want to make sure that it, it plays out the way that I think it will. And then uh, I may have something to share in regards to because there's just things that bother mm-hmm. you about work. And then you can either let them fester or you can do something about them. And I mm-hmm. think the I think the answer is going to wind up being that most of them you can actually do something about, even if they seem like they're out of your control. Um, but I had some insight on that recently. Mm-hmm. It won't help you with technology. You know, if you're getting a compilation error out of uh, Borland C++, because this is like 1993. Right, uh, sure. This is not going to help you with this. This is not a diagnostic tool for technology. But, <laughs> no, um, this is a diagnostic tool for the crap that actually matters and is upstream of the technology yeah. you're using anyway. So it's still super yeah. duper helpful. The the wet computer between your ears. Uh-huh. Yep. The, 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 uh, the EBCAC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> peb, peb. No. Probably there's uh, there's a couple of them. Pebcac. Pebcac. I, well, I, er, error. I've uh, eb, I remember uh, EBSAC. Error between seat and keyboard. I've heard that one. Error between between chair and computer. I've, I've heard. heard chair and computer. EBCAC. And then there's Peb problem exists between between seat yeah. and yep. keyboard or something. Yeah, between yeah. seat and keyboard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple different Which variations is like on that. Depending on your desk arrangement, that's probably like your groin. So I'm not sure that I love that particular, <laughs> like geometrically, I'm saying. <laughs> you're getting very. Like maybe that's. This is, yeah, I mean, you, you're getting via, via uh, you're getting very uh, geometrically strict on this, uh, on the definition of this error, of this error code. And I'm not, and I'm not sure it's a healthy direction for the show, to be honest with you. <laughs> but this does not seem like a wise path that I'm on. <laughs> oh my gosh uh let's see here what else is going on um i have a thing about consulting anything on your anything on your desk you want to talk about before i because i i have i've taken us through two or three things here anything anything on your desk you want to chat about you, you had it coming soon but it's it's funny yeah i, I did have one note and i <clears throat> As I was listening back, there was there was an episode a couple of weeks ago, but as I listened back through our episodes, I hate us, by the way. <laughs> you I think hate that us. we are really I okay, think that tell. we are like I, I mean, insert Anton Dwadson mean, but like we are so dumb because <laughs> the amount of I don't know if you noticed this, uh, but it's it's germane because of what we were talking about earlier. And I think okay. this is actually a big piece of the problem. It is amazing how many times I will listen back to an episode. And realize that one of us was completely missing the point that the oh, other yeah. was trying to make. It happens. Like, wait a minute. What were you th- He just said it. What were you thinking? He just said the thing. And then we spend 20 minutes trying to get back to a point where that thing is said. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's amazing to me how it works. Um, and this is, this is something that I, like, this is one of the reasons why I wait 
you know, at Inside Baseball, I wait until at least the next day to listen back to write up the show notes. I will actually listen to the show and write the show notes. Right. And I'll wait at least a day. I'll get a, a night of sleep between recording and that because I don't want the context still in my head. I want like an empty cache and I want to listen fresh. Um, and it is amazing just the the lossiness of human communication. We are so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, it, it, I mean, you know, we probably, I mean, there's, there's two levels to this. There's we, you and I ourselves. And yes, I, uh, you know, not going to argue, <laughs> but, uh, there, that problem I'm willing, <laughs> I'd be willing to put a lot of money on that being the case for a lot of people, a lot of the time and mismatching expectations or, uh, confusing, uh, definitions. You think, yeah. you think the person is saying one thing when they're saying something else. Um, I, you, did you turn your camera off because your camera went off and I just want to make sure that uh, I did preserve. It looks like we're having some bad bandwidth between us. So I uh, just to preserve bits. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you know what? Let me check my end here. Uh, it's me. I had, uh, I, I oh, killed, okay. I killed my sinking, uh, this morning when I thought we were going to start recording and it has a timer where it turns uh, back on and it just started. So I'm going to turn just that off. back on. So we're going yeah. to, we're doing all kinds of insider baseball today. Yeah. So the, um, the, all of the video files, uh, the, the recording that we do lives in a, in a, in a Microsoft OneDrive for, uh, preservation. And so as soon as the files get created, it starts to sync them. Well, these audio files can get pretty big. And then yeah. the syncing is aggressive with bandwidth and it can destroy um, feed. So anyway, um, nothing going to happen. The, the audio was picking up just fine. So, you know, no, okay, no, no issue there. Um, what the hell were we talking about? Now I'm totally off. Damn it. Sidebar for the internet connection issues. <laughs> Um, well, so I made, I made the point very local and said, we are dumb because we missed the oh, point. Yes. And then you were about to expand so on I how was, that's actually a generalized, it's a generalized thing. And I bet this happens a lot of the time. And so that's what I engineer engineers get, you know, some human interaction things wrong. I'll tell you one thing we're really good at, um, because it's so difficult to do naming things and cash invalidation, of course, and binary counting. You know, so two two things, um, or off by one errors. Damn it, I screwed it up. Oh, oh, I totally botched that. No. Sucked. No, no, that no. sucked. Anyway, <laughs> so um, we, we're we're an odd bunch, and, and we do some weird things with human interactions because we're. But those same behavior traits are make us really good at being good engineers. One thing that we're really good at, though, be, with the naming things, it's defining your terms and okay before we go any further in this conversation what are we talking about exactly when we say blank blank and yeah and okay do we agree on the definitions good now let's talk about the thing now yeah. that we both have yeah. defined and mutually agree that this is the thing that we are talking about we you know we mm -hmm. do that a lot for we are especially when you're doing that, yeah. like code review and things like that and so you know engineers tend to do a better i'll say better and what, than average better than average and those kinds of things but we are also terrible at this because we wind up in any little team whether it's whether it's 20 or 2 any little development team you will wind up 
coming up, you build your own vernacular, your own dictionary for a given project. Mm -hmm. Nobody documents this. Right. So, oh, I'm talking about the gateway API. Well, little Jimmy doesn't know what the hell that is because Mm -hmm. it's a made up term. Nope. It's and it's and that's not in any of the diagrams. It's called the, you know, the whatever, whatever it is. But we just call it gateway API and that's not documented. And so it's a wonder that new people take so long to get up to speed. Uh, because we're we document one language and we speak another, um, and so that's that's related though because we do a really good job at defining our terms in the moment, but then those tend to stick and are never like oh and by the way by this we mean blank right and that's and that's it, typically not done and the term doesn't matter as long as it gets written down that's really I mean the right. piece that you're talking yeah. about is is essentially the it's just got to be written down. Just write that down and make that the thing. What is the thing? Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what the thing is. As long as it's written what down I have done, and everyone uses it. Yeah. So there are two th- tactical advice. One, have architectural diagrams go to c4model.com and do exactly what uh do exactly what Simon says. Uh and that that is a pun because his name is Simon. Um there you go. Pro tip. Second second of all, for any project, have a wiki and put a table on the wiki to just define terms. And anybody can contribute mm-hmm. to this. And it's a page where there are acronyms or terms or weird things. And it's just term and definition, term and explanation or location, whatever it is. Um, any of the teams where I've actually had and then cultivated a wiki over time, even me, I don't remember all this stuff from one day mm-hmm. to the next. So I'm looking at the wiki. I've been on the project for six years. Uh, it's quick, it's easy, it's cheap, and it is hella helpful. Mm-hmm. Nice pro tip, uh, and that's just and that's like a just a markdown document in Git, so it just renders anywhere. That's I would I recommend this. Yes, universally, hundred percent, hundred percent. I know you have a hard. In break. fact, I do have a hard break. Yeah. I'm going to make uh, the C4 model. I'm going to make that my pick this week because yeah. I feel so passionately about C4 it. C4 model, there it is. Super augmented, silent, and deadly. I just might end up enjoying this. All right, let's phase ourselves out here. I know we're, we are, this episode's a little short. We're running at like, what, 54 minutes right now, but we got a little bit of a late start on some technical difficulties, and I know you have a heartbreak, so we'll end a little bit early, but that's okay. Uh, you've got some stuff coming soon. I have some fun stuff teed up for probably next week. Uh, I'm going to tell you in one line why healthcare apps suck so much. Oh, I like a teaser it. for you. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's, is it it's, is it five letters? Does it start with an H and rhyme with Lippa? No, <laughs> no, actually, it doesn't. It doesn't. No. So, and and we can actually talk. I will add that to the notes about how the uh, the, the the compliance stuff does not actually um, necessarily impact the ability to build good software. So cool. Very oh, good. that's a good teaser. Uh-huh. I'm looking forward to it. Tell me about it. All right. So this has been another awesome episode of the Refactor podcast. Uh, if you want show notes and uh, that, that I mean, Chris does an awesome job with the show notes. If you've never actually looked at them, highly recommend that you do so. There's lots of good links, lots of good info. Um, summarizes the episodes really well. And it searches really well on Google. Um, I actually went looking for episodes the other day, and I realized we didn't have a search on the site. And I go to Chris, hey, Chris, we need to put a search on the site. And he's like, you idiot. Just go to Google, center it on our site, and search whatever you want. And boop, it all pops up. So um, so very searchable, very helpful stuff. Refactor.org, check that out. Uh, send us your feedback, feedback at refactor.org. You can send us notes 
comments, questions, concerns, we will take wisecracks. And uh, you can send it written or you can send us an audio recording too. We'd love to put you on the show. Uh, if you want to hear more from Chris, you can check him out at chris.tonkinson.com. You can check my stuff out at hotcoals, K-O-E-H-L-S dot com. This has been episode 43 of the Refactor Podcast on this, uh, December. I'm getting ahead of myself. Just October 15th. October 15th, 2021. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Chris. We'll see you later. Thanks, Frank. Cheers. Cheers.